Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly. So glad you're here. Come on in. There's some other examples might be, you know, using guilt, gaslighting, someone pushing your buttons once they get to know what annoys you or where your fears or your triggers are. Interestingly, a more subtle example could be sarcasm, that kind of like jab in disguise. And then if you say something about it, they claim like that they're just teasing and, and you need to stop taking everything seriously and just calm down, right? If you hear that, that tone, there may be some dismissiveness in that by using guilt, right? If someone's trying to get you to do something and it's like a little bit of like a, hey, you owe me, look at all I've done for you, attempting to get their way. Trivializing obviously goes along the line of, of when, you know, you're trying to share a part of you, your essence, and it's a, and a real need of yours and maybe being accused of overreacting or making mountains out of molehills. And, you know, let's say that you try to set a boundary. And as you try to set a boundary, you get blamed for problems. Someone shuts down their communication. There's a difference between taking a break and consistent shutting down communication. So again, you can always kind of check in with the energy behind the behavior. Having your attempts at a conversation in a person ignored consistently versus someone just setting a boundary and saying, you know, this isn't the best time to talk about it. Like I am open to this conversation, but maybe not after midnight when I'm exhausted or when my brain kind of just shuts down, okay? So, you know, as I give these different examples, you can just check in with yourself and see how you're feeling as you hear this stuff. Have you been on the receiving end of some of this, okay? And you don't have to think about it specifically from a partner or a loved one. You can think about it with respect to your parent or a boss or um, you know, other members of your community or something like that. And if you have experienced this stuff over time where you have consistently felt dismissed or invalidated or where your human experience has been chronically discounted, one thing I want you to be mindful of is remembering that just because someone exhibits this behavior, that doesn't mean we have to identify them as a behavior. Like a person is not their behavior, right? Like a man isn't what he says, a woman isn't what she says, and a human isn't what he does, okay? So I like to think that it can be helpful when we're setting boundaries and when we're thinking about this stuff to, to focus on the behavior, but not as like, not always as identifying someone as an abuser. Now, there may be stages in your healing where it is helpful and supportive of you to do that. And so you can just kind of check in with yourself here and there and see if that shifts or changes over time. And especially when it comes to boundaries, like a lot of times when we're setting boundaries, it really comes down to the behavior we're not interested in being on the receiving end of anymore. Okay. And setting boundaries with respect to that. So sometimes using this language and calling someone something may or may not always be helpful. And I think focusing on the behavior specifically could be the most important thing. Okay. I think a lot of people who have been in emotionally abusive relationships you know, we could get into all this terminology, 
he's a narcissist or associate or an abuser and different things like that. But ultimately what I see it come down to is one where it's less about trying to objectively uh, place somebody in, in a container when really as humans, I think we're all on every spectrum. Uh, that could be another episode. But where we focus on the behavior that we don't want to be on the receiving end of anymore, okay? Because it can be validating for us when it comes to self-protection and making big decisions and things like that. It doesn't always have to be about getting the names or identifying names correct, right? Setting boundaries so that you can get a feel for what the true essence or foundation of your relationship is, that is where the power is. That's where the revolution is, for, you know? And, and I think it can be helpful to start understanding the difference between abusive behavior and maybe potentially what the attitude is behind the behavior. So the behavior would be the thing that someone does or says, and the attitude might be the belief system behind the things that we do. And I have this graph that I use in my program that um, was created by Kimberly Day. And I, I, I can't, it'd be too hard to explain to you on this podcast episode, but this is a concept that, that she came up with where she talked about abusive attitude and behavior. So the behavior would be the thing that someone does or says, and the attitude might be the belief system behind the things that we do. Okay, so if a husband and wife fight about money and he says something like, well, guess you earn this money. I, I, I earn this money. I have the final say. Okay. So we're not buying that thing. Okay. He, he could say that thing. And first of all, I don't love how he says that or how a person would say that just generally. But when we look at the attitude behind the behavior, that can give us a more clear picture on, you know, whether there's potential for repair in this relationship or something else. Right. Because maybe he's just really ashamed that he can't earn enough money to provide whatever he wants for for his wife or his spouse or partner. And, and so he gets triggered when she wants more. And out of shame, he blurts something at that out because he's scared of ending up in a, in a shack or something like that. So maybe he doesn't even really believe what he's saying, but it's like he's just trying to shut down the conversation out of shame. Okay, so there's a difference between that and someone feeling they're, like they're above a woman or entitled to to always have the final say over his wife because she's a woman, okay? So can you kind of get a feel for how understanding the attitude behind the behavior can help you get clear on what a relationship is potentially comprised of? And, you know, let's say that my partner and I come into more understanding around some of these behaviors that aren't serving us. Is there going to be repair? Is it possible for repair to happen? Sometimes getting a feel for the attitude behind the behavior can help you get a feel for that as well. Okay. Now, even though we can get a feel for the attitude behind the behavior, if you are a woman or you were socialized as a woman, please don't use the attitude behind the behavior to discount what you've been on the receiving end of, because I see that a lot. And so what I'm trying to say here is if a child of yours or a nephew or niece of yours were to get punched at school, does it matter? So when we think of the person who punched the kids, if we just want the punching to stop, does it matter what, like what's going on at home? Okay. We so many things. Like if I went in to talk to the principal about my child not getting hit anymore, if the principal was like, yeah, too bad, but this other kid, you know, this is going on in his life and this and this and this and make up, you know, make up a big story, not really make up, but share a story of why the kid did what he did. 
we can have compassion for that child who punched someone or punched your child. But also at the end of the day, when it comes to behavior, we want the behavior to stop. Okay. Because it's what happens sometimes as women is we just have so much compassion for our partner and all the trauma that he's been through that we allow, we don't set boundaries or, or we have a harder time making sure that we don't get emotionally punched. And the thing is, is if the kid gets punched, there's a bruise that needs to heal. Okay. And, and with respect to emotional abuse too, like there is impact no matter what the husband, the partner has or hasn't been through. Being on the receiving end of that has impact, and we want to make sure that we eliminate that. Okay. So please do not discount the impact on you just because their intention would be to never do that, or their intention may never have been conscious, or they're just under so much stress because that they're whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, whether it's intentional or not intentional, if your kid got hit at school, you would want that to stop. Okay. You would want the your child to not be on their receiving end of that anymore. And it gets to be seen the same with you. So there's a little bit more to that that I go deeper to in my coaching program. But again, I am talking to you about this so that you can validate yourself when someone tells you or says things that have potentially always bothered you. Okay. So maybe there's a reason that stuff has bothered you. Maybe there's a reason you get triggered when certain things are said. Okay. Our nervous system can get triggered when abusive patterns are being put into place. Okay. It really can. And so what if that was something to listen to instead of shut and, and, and self-blame or something? Okay. Maybe someone has said something to you repetitively or done something repetitively and you don't like how you responded and then you blame yourself for that. What if the reason that you respond that way is because of some sort of abusive pattern that was being put in place and your body's like, no, we're not having this. So it really is important to support you and self-validate for you or your clients so that we can, again, get more clear on boundaries that need to be set so that we can feel safe enough to heal and grow and, and live into our true authentic selves, okay? I also want you to know this stuff so that you can appropriately apply this information to your unique experience and start thinking and deciding about any boundaries that you might want or need to set. And also where you might need nervous system support. I know a lot of times when boundaries are not, you know, in certain circles, it's like, well, you got to deepen your self-concept and then you'll get better at setting boundaries. And then I've had clients come to me that are like, well, my self-concept obviously sucks because I can't keep a boundary. And it's almost like, like maybe that's kind of like a preschool explanation of, of how that could be possible. But but I do think if when we can look at it from a nervous system standpoint, it makes it easier to have compassion for us and understanding of where our capacity lies. And so I go deeper on that in my coach training programs where we see boundary setting as a nervous system capacity thing as well. And where we show you how to develop and deepen that self-concept and that self-trust and that safety so that you can lean into the self-concept and feel safe enough to follow through with boundaries as needed, okay? So a lot of times, like, when people don't follow through with boundaries, if we're only teaching that it's a self-concept thing and maybe not a safety thing or a nervous system thing, then especially if we're talking about women who are socialized to self-blame, then they're just going to kind of blame themselves for the life that they don't. When there's a little bit more that, that we can 
teach that can help be a lot more supportive for people. And, you know, another thing I just really, really want you to know if you've been on the receiving end of any emotional abuse is please, please know that the abuse is not your responsibility. The abuse didn't need to happen so you could become the person that you are today. Like abuse doesn't need to happen. Someone doesn't have to agree to something that is emotionally abusive to you or someone doesn't have to agree with your lived experience for your healing to begin, okay? Of course, it would be nice. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if every time abuse survivors reached out for support, they were just received with open arms? That'd be incredible. The world would be a different place. And I do believe we're heading in that direction. That's part of why I think it's so essential for everyone to become trauma-informed. That's why I have a vision for that. That's why I'm doing everything that I do. But it isn't absolutely necessary for your healing to come in. And that's another thing that I support. The coaches that I train and the women that I coach is that our healing can start even when people who have hurt or harmed us or impacted us in ways that didn't need to happen. Another thing I can't emphasize enough is that if you have been on the receiving end of abuse of any kind, please know that it isn't your responsibility and you didn't do something wrong. And if you decide to embark on some sort of healing process, please know that you can be flexible with respect to your boundaries and you can always change your mind and you can pivot and you can stay open to deciding for what you want for yourself at each stage of your healing. And you don't need to overly explain yourself to everybody. That can be a trauma response. If you're still in a relationship with this person, if you feel like you are in a person where emotional abuse is present and it's like maybe one of your primary relationships or an intimate relationship, if the active abuse is still happening, please find ways to create safety for yourself. And you can email me at connect at lindsaycolemancoaching.com and, and my assistant can send you a safety plan just to get started because we want to make sure that you know how to create safety for yourself as you kind of navigate your life and your space with this new information or new awareness. And maybe I'll do a podcast episode on that too, where we talk about ways to create safety and, and to self-soothe, okay? Because you deserve to feel safe and safety is foundational for healing. It's foundational for learning. And so just pay attention to that. Like, you know, for now, this is you, you just check in and ask yourself, where do I feel safe right now? Where do I feel safe right now? How can I create safety for myself? How can I remind myself consistently throughout the day to just check in? And see how safe I feel in my body. And give yourself time to heal. I think that's another thing too in our healing journeys is we put little agendas that are time length on them. And then if things don't happen, we we blame ourselves or we blame our bodies. And putting agendas on our healing timelines does not set up an appropriate environment for healing. It usually allows for healing to commence more naturally and organically when we don't have that agenda. So I just wanted to share this with you so that you have at least an idea that this can. And if you're a coach, that I want you to know it can, and it probably is coming up in your sessions. And if it hasn't already, then you might be missing something because it's everywhere. Okay. And I think a lot of times, if you are a woman or you've been socialized as a woman, or if you're a man, you can check in with this too, of course, because this isn't only women that experience this stuff, is I think as humans, we have been conditioned to discount our pain and not see it for what it is. And um, 
again, when we're conditioned to not look at our pain, it is sometimes harder to know what we're healing from. Okay. So if you relate or resonate with any of this and you know that you want something to change, please, please, please be so compassionate with yourself and loving with yourself as you navigate and continue to carve out your own healing. And one thing that I do love, one little tip is learning to channel the energy of curiosity. So there's a way to channel loving, compassionate curiosity and respect with respect to what you want things to look like, what this new world could be, uh, where we aren't on the receiving end of what we've been on the receiving end for a period of time. So just know if you want, sometimes finding a way to channel curiosity, um, if, if it's hard to believe it's possible for you, sometimes learning to channel a little curiosity can be a way to kind of gradually and slowly open you up to possibility, okay? So please just take care of yourself in a really loving, protective way, the way that you would take care of a newborn baby. Like if every adult started being as loving to themselves as they were to newborns, the world would be a completely different place, okay? And I know I talked about this earlier in the podcast episode, but if you're using coaching models to understand it or, or get clear on thoughts that aren't serving you, please make sure you know when to set that model aside and when to try something different, okay? Because thinking is a way, it's one way to learn and understand ourselves and find patterns and, and understand a little bit about our human experience, but there are so many other ways as well. So if you've tried a thought-based approach and you haven't gotten the results that you want, I want you to know that you haven't done anything wrong and I want you to know that there are other ways to do that as well. Okay. And I, that's something I get clearer on in the coach training program that I do. So we've got the advanced certification program for people who want to become trauma-informed. And then I've got a life coach certification for people who want to become a trauma-informed coach. And we're starting both of those up in September this year. So if you have any questions about those, you can email connect at lindsaycolemancoaching.com. But I just hope overall the goal really is just to educate and inform a little bit on this episode. And so hopefully that was helpful and informative for you and just gives you enough information. Even if you walk away today with, and the only thing you pulled from this episode is some version of like, oh yeah, like emotional abuse is a thing and it exists. If you're a coach, I think you're going to show up differently versus believing that like emotional abuse is just a thought, you know, like there's a different energy behind that. Right. And so it matters and it makes a difference. We want to make sure that we are providing the highest standard of care for our clients if we are working as coaches. All right. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Hey, come and join us in this revolution. Got a crop before we walk this in the evolution. So are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches? Go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you. And we ready to heal is what we pursuing Coaches change lives, it's what we doing This the place to be, no need to panic see We got each other's backs in this healing community Wanna know the facts? It's simple When we coming together, yeah, we got unity